Welcome back to That Thing with James J. Asher II. I'm your host, James J. Asher II. And I've got something special to say to you. Actually, I have something special to give to you. And I want you to really, really give me your full attention and listen. Can you hear it with your ears? Can you see it with your eyes? Can you feel it wiggling between your quivering thighs? That thing, that thing, that thing with James. Once every millennium, something will come along. When you feel it, you will know it because it's coming on strong. That thing, that thing, that thing with James. So sit back, relax, take deep breaths, no stress. Let me come inside your mind. <laughs> I promise you it won't take long. The change will happen soon. You will feel something so special. Special growing deep within you. That thing, that thing, that thing with James. That thing, that thing, that thing with James. That's me, you and me. We just have a thing and it's inside you. It's like the alien creature, you know, like the face huggers. That's kind of like what this show is. This show is the xenomorph pre-proto-xenomorph face huggers. They hug your face. The show, it's like, it's entering your ears. If you're, if you're a viewer, it's entering your eye holes and it's going inside you deep, deep into your subconscious. And there it plants a seed, a seed that grows. And over time, you will feel the seed wiggle and crack its shell, and tendrils will reach out into your neurons and fuse. You will become the Akira thing. What's it called? Assimilate. Yes, this show is assimilating in your mind. Yes, we are Borg. <laughs> uh, yeah. If you watch Star Trek Next Generation, you know what I'm talking about. Because the Borgs and everything, you know, they assimilate and they are Borg. And, uh, you know, that's that's their M.O. Just to fucking assimilate everything. And that's the M.O. of this show. It's going to assimilate your mind. Uh, you will become one with the whole. You and I. We are Borg. All right, I'm getting bored with that. Today, I'm hosting alone again, and I uh, gotta tell you, it's getting, it's getting tough. I mean, it's it's been tough. This year sucks for everybody, unless you're making a lot of money. Unless you're like the Bezos or the WalMarts. The, the is that their is that their last name? Walmart, like Jeffrey Walmart. Is that who owns Walmart? Walmart. Jeffrey Walmart, Mark Wal Walmart, M M Marty Walmart, Mart, 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 Walmart, fart. Uh, unless you're, you know, making a lot of money off of crisis, which is the MO of capitalism, you know, never let a good crisis go to waste. You know what I'm saying? Wink. 
uh, yeah, it, it's, I feel fucking bored. I'm so fucking bored and lonely. And, and I have a fear that I'm, I'm never going to get to have sex ever again. And it, it's, it sucks because I, I feel like my nub is going to fall off. And how apropos, how, how fitting, because today we're going on a trip to Florida, to Nub City, a.k.a. Vernon, Florida. So about a month ago, a friend of mine sent me uh, an article about this place uh, called Nub City, Florida. And I was like, what is this bullshit? And I put it off for a week, as I do. You know, my sister, I, I love her. She's not the one who sent me about Nub, Nub City. But my sister, I love her. But she will send just like many <laughs> YouTube video links. And I, I might watch them, I might not. Um, you know, because I'm busy watching my own YouTube videos on my own, aka my my YouTube videos, the, the that thing with James J. Asher the second. And audio listeners, if you haven't checked out the video, the 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 YouTube show, I implore you to check it out. And please, you know, subscribe there. And vice versa, if you haven't heard the audio, go you know to a podcast app and subscribe, because that just uh, it helps me, and I would appreciate your help. It, it it helps me to sort of show up when someone tries to search for the show. And if more and more people try to search for the show, then maybe uh, uh, more people will, you know, come to the show and subscribe. And, then, and that's a good thing. I don't, I, I feel very selfish asking for that. And I, I guess technically it is a selfish ask. Um but there it is. <laughs> there's uh, there's some good uh, Catholic 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 uh, mindset for you. Uh, lots of shame about wanting things in life. Well, yes, I've been bored. I'm afraid my nub is going to fall off. And here we are at Nub City, Florida. So uh, yeah, my friend sent me this article for Nub City. I put it off for like a week. And then finally, I, I opened up the, the link she sent me and I read it. And I was like, this is crazy. I got to I gotta cover this on the podcast. And then like uh, a month, month, maybe, maybe two months later, time i i mean time's fucking weird anyway time's an illusion you know but uh, it's become even more illusory this year (sighs) pardon me i'm taking a beverage of a a carbonated water beverage flavored in a black cherry uh, yes, Nub City, Florida, Vernon, Florida. That's what we're covering today. So I read the article. I found a, a different article just before I did this. Uh, and, and then I was like, maybe I should start with some like general information about this city. So I consulted the most vetted source possible, Wikipedia. <laughs> Vernon, Florida. Vernon is a city in Washington County, Florida, United States. The population was 687 at the 
2010 census. According to the U.S. Census Bureau's 2018 estimates, the city population... Oh, wait. According to the U.S. Census Bureau's 2018 estimates, the city had a population of 690. Someone could have written that a little better. That was, you know, uh, you know, put a period after the 2010 sentence and then say, but, uh, or, you know, according to the U.S. Census Bureau's 2018 estimates, the city's population had grown to 690. Because then I wouldn't have fucked up reading it if it was written more gooder. I am going to write a letter to these people. The Geographical Center of Washington County, Florida, Vernon, is named for George Washington's Virginia home, Mount Vernon. The pioneer town was the site of a major Indian settlement. Were there people from India in the U.S. then? I had no idea. Vernon held the county seat until 1927 when the seat was moved to Chipley. Chipley. <laughs> I am from Chipley, Florida. Is that where like the classy people are in, in Florida now? Where are you from? I'm from Chipley. Uh, Chipley where? Florida. You know, because there's the... There's the stereotype of Florida being, you know, fucking crazy and Florida people being fucking crazy. You know, the whole Florida man, man, ma'am, man, Florida man, 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 man thing. Uh, well, Chipley, I know for a fact, based on my unfounded speculation, is full of very classy top hat people. Uh, well, the city, oh, speaking of top hats, uh, you know, just roll with me here. Again, we're going on a roller coaster ride here. I got into, uh, well, actually, I defused a potential flame war with a top hat on Twitter. I recently saw, was it this past week or was it the week before? I forgot. But I watched an interview with Oh, God, what's his name? The CEO of Whole Foods. Let me look this guy up. I think it's like John John Mackey, CEO of Whole Foods. Uh, la, la, la. Yeah, John Mackey had an interview on Joe Rogan, and it broke my fucking brain. John Mackey had like brain worms of ideas of how the world be. But of course, he's a very, very wealthy CEO. And so, of course, his uh, views on things would be rather right-wing in that, you know, staunch defender of capitalism and very, very, very poor understanding of just economics and political economics in general, you know, a complete rejection of uh, systems of oppression and power, etc. A very pick yourself up by your bootstraps kind of guy. Uh, the silent part being that, of course, you know, he brainwormed his way out of thinking, um, pick yourself up by your bootstraps while I've got my neck on your boot uh, on your wait, I've got my neck on your boot. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I've got my boot on your neck. It's that kind of thing. And Rogan tried to push back a bit, but unfortunately, I feel like Rogan doesn't really have uh, the tools. I, I'm, I'm sure he has the capability. It's just I don't think he's really devoted a lot of time, and that's fine, uh, to understanding these various critiques and art. Um, very poor excuses of arguments that John Mackey presented in defense of capitalism. Um, I don't feel like Rogan has or had the tools necessary to effectively like really push back against this dude's insane fucking like conspiracy propaganda bullshit that he was spouting on the show. But Rogan did try to push back a bit. Well, I mentioned this on, on the Twitter machine, which was a mistake. Uh, actually, it wasn't a mistake. Fuck it. I mentioned it, and it's fine because like I don't have any followers or anything. But if you want to be a follower, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. My handle is at James J. Asher. Um, well, I, I said basically what I just said on Twitter, but much more in a much more concise manner that I wish... Rogan had like tools to push back a little better. And, um, and, oh, and then I found out and I'm reading about Mackie. I was like, oh, of course, this dude is very anti labor union, very, very anti union. And I know some people who work at Whole Foods. I know, I've, I mean, I've, and I've even heard random people while working at Whole Foods who aren't that happy. And I, understand how Whole Foods and, and to a greater degree, Amazon, how, just how aggressively anti-union, uh, uh, anti-collective action uh, those corporations are. And they engage in a lot of really fucked up oppressive, um, behavior towards, uh, you know, in the way they treat their workers, like not, not even letting them gather together in groups, like tracking them and everything to make sure they're not talking because if they start talking, they might have some complaints. And if they talk about their complaints, they might find that they have similar complaints. And then they might find that those complaints come from a single or similar sources. And they might try to address those issues and confront those sources and uh well the sources of the things that eventually become complaints don't really want to have to deal with it uh, you know blah 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 well, anyway some dude with the top hat and his uh it, it was a picture of like an old-timey wealthy you know uh mr monopoly guy in his little image profile profile image uh he he said basically, of course, uh, the guy who can't afford a haircut and who has and who thinks having a nose ring makes him edgy in the parentheses and unemployable is a socialist. And then he said, uh, you know, tweeted me again saying, I don't know, some other bullshit. And I didn't reply because honestly, I see so many people on Twitter trying to have debates. I'm doing scare quotes for listeners. Debates on Twitter. You, you're not going to have a fucking debate on Twitter. Seriously. It's it's dumb. It's social media. You're not going to have a real debate on social media. So the best way to engage with this kind of stuff, instead of 
making a fool of yourself and getting in some long fucking thread that ultimately leaves everyone exactly where they were to begin with, just diffuse it. Don't say anything at all. Do what I did. Retweet it and say, oops, I offended a top hat. And uh, that was a proud moment. And that feels so small and boring and insignificant, but it's all I have right now because I'm going fucking insane. I am so bored and understimulated. I need to get out. I need to do things. But I don't have the resources or the means to get out and do these things. Plus, I don't want to risk getting ill or making anyone else ill. So I stay inside day in, day out. All work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Vernon became known as, quote, Nub City in the 1950s and 1960s for a high number of loss of limb, wait, a high number of limb loss insurance claims made in the area. Vernon was featured in the Errol Morris documentary film, Vernon, Florida, or does it, did they say Florida, Florida, Florida? Yo, the Florida people say Florida. Flirta? It depends on where you are, but if you, know, if you say flirta, you say flirta. Uh, produced in 1981, highlighting the eccentricities of the people who lived there. The movie angered many residents of the city and surrounding areas who felt the documentary portrayed Vernon in a negative light. Morris had originally intended to document on the, quote, nub city aspect of the town, but refocused his subject after claiming to receive <laughs> death threats from residents. The area's history is exhibited at the Vernon Historical Society Museum in Vernon City Hall. History. The city sits on the Holmes Creek, where during the 1880s, the creek, or crick, if you're nasty, was used as a shipping route to Bonifay and other nearby towns. The crick was also used to ship gopher tortoises. What? Gopher tortoises? I have a project now for the title image of this episode. A gopher tortoise, a tortoise gopher. What is it? I don't know. Is it a tortoise? Is it a gopher? Did they get together, make a baby gopher tortoise? Is it a gopher tortoise with a gopher head and a tortoise shell and a gopher tail? I don't know. What does it eat? I don't how does it swim? I don't know. It's a gopher tortoise. Due to the high value of their shell carried at that time, the town gained infamy in the late 1950s and early 1960s due to the improbably high percentage of residents who put out insurance claims on lost limbs, to the point that many speculated the residents of the town were intentionally dismembering themselves for the insurance money. Although there is no real evidence to support these speculations, citations needed, <laughs> 
<laughs> these insurance claims from Vernon, with a population of 500 to 800, accounted for as many as two-thirds of claims nationally. The town was referred to as Nub City. I'm going to take a quick pee break, and I'll be right back with more Nub News. On the 90 minutes. I'm back. Okay, so let's get into this Nub City thing. Uh, let's start with the article my friend sent me. This is at a website called allthatsinteresting.com slash nub dash city dash vernon dash florida florida uh the title is the story of florida's nub city where residents cut off their own appendages for insurance money by gabe pauletti published november 2 2017 updated june 12 2019. La la. It was near impossible to convict scammers of fraud because jurors had a hard time believing that people would willingly engage in self-mutilation. In the late 1950s and early 60s, the Florida Panhandle was responsible for two-thirds of all loss-of-limb accidents claims in the United States due largely to one town, Vernon, Florida. This was because Vernon was the site of a widespread insurance scam where residents would dismember themselves for a payout. The problem was so extensive, the town became known as Nub City for this very reason, was in dire economic straits. The steamboats that had once passed through the town had gradually disappeared, and all the major railroads running through the country passed Vernon by. Furthermore, the sawmill that had given many of the people of the town their jobs had closed down. How the scam began is unknown, but what is assumed is that at some point, one person living in Vernon lost a limb and received a large payout from their life insurance policy. Word of this large payout must have spread among the community because more and more residents of the town began intentionally losing their limbs and some even took out exorbitant life insurance policies directly before these horrible accidents befell them. With the dwindling opportunities of their small town, the prospect of receiving a large sum of money for mutilating one's self became increasingly seductive to the people of Vernon. Florida, come on. Okay. <laughs> some... <laughs> some nub club... <laughs> <laughs> Some nub club members hacked and sawed their own limbs off, but most took the relatively easier method 
of shooting themselves with the shotgun. <laughs> Gail. Gail. Gail, I lost my job at the sawmill. And I know that you know we need to put food on this table. And I know that you know that I just took out a really good life insurance policy on myself. And, uh, you know, Bob, Bob down the old railroad shut down. He told me about this thing he's doing. He's part of a secret club. Gail, there's a secret club around here. It's called the Nub Club. You know why? Why? Why, George? Because they have nubs. If you've noticed around town, there are a lot of amputees in this fair burg. And the reason that's happening is because if you do that, if you somehow like, you know, uh, get rid of an appendage, a digit, you'll get money. And ain't nothing that's gonna happen other than you just get big old check. So, Gail, I'm gonna need you to get that 12 gauge and shoot off my nub. Give me, make, make me, make me a nub man. Gail, I wanna become a member of the nub club. Well, George, I think I wanna be a member of the nub club too. If they're paying that much for losing a limb, loss of life and limb, I, I don't wanna lose my life, but I wanna lose that limb. And you lose that limb, you get yourself a big check. I want to do that too. We get two big checks, mean we put some food on this table. Because ain't no one else going to take care of us. So we got to take care of ourselves with the shotgun. These people would make outlandish justifications for these injuries in their insurance claim. One claimed he shot his own hand while aiming for a hawk. While another said that he shot his foot when he mistook it for a squirrel. <laughs> squirrel! It's my foot! <laughs> These claims generally received payouts of $5,000 to $10,000 large. But as the scam went on, the claims increased in value as the residents became more bold. John Joseph Healy. Uh, heal? I, I, is he going to heal? I, I, I don't know what's about to happen to John Joseph Healy, but I hope he heals. John Joseph Healy, an insurance investigator for Continental National American. What the fuck kind of name is that for an insurance group? Continental National American. Where do the... We're the American nation of the continent. We're, an, we're the continental national American. Who the fuck came up with that name? Who? Hey, I, I'm going to start an insurance firm. And I'm trying to come up with a name. So I brought you all here. We're going to talk about what's the best name for this insurance. Could it be, you know... We could call it safety net insurance. We could call it, you know, pr pr protection professional insurance. We could call it, you know, worry not insurance. No, we're going to call it the continental national American. 
I'm a continental national American. Fuck you. Fuck you. You ain't from around here. I'm a continental national American. Get off my land. Continental National American Insurance Group was sent to Vernon once the claims started exceeding $100,000. He said, quote, Vernon's the second largest occupation. The, let me start that over. He said, quote, Vernon's second largest occupation was watching hound dogs mating in the town square. It's, it's largest was self-mutilation for monetary gain. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, taking a trip to Vernon. Um, I've been in, you know, hi, I'm a, I'm a junior in college. I actually just finished junior year. I'm on summer break, uh, before I start senior year. And, uh, I'm going to go home to Vernon. Oh yeah. What's, uh, what's Vernon like? Oh, it's, uh, it's, it's small. It's, you know, I kind of left for a reason, you know, it's kind of small and yeah, there's not a lot to do. Well, you know, like what's what's there to do? You know, we we got a it's small. We got a town square and we watch dogs fuck and and lose limbs. Not the dogs, the people watching the dogs. We, they take off their limbs. Oh, um, can I come? Oh yeah, you're gonna come. Those dogs are going to come too. And we're going to lose some limbs and take out some massive insurance claims to take care of this fucking student loan. He said, Vernon's second largest, largest occupation was watching hound dogs mating in the town square. I remember one time I was like, maybe like 12, living in small town, Oklahoma. So I, I know. And I, I mean, I thought my town was small, but like, 200 to 600 people? Nah, man. My town was like 2,000. But it was still fucking dead as shit. Like, you don't see people out much. It's it's dead. It's poor. There's nothing there. No jobs. No, barely any jobs. Not a lot to do. It's it's a depressing place in, in Oklahoma. The heartland. Uh, so, you know, I grew up in that kind of area. I know what it's like. You know, people try to cover it in the news, journalists, pundits, whatever. They talk about, you know, Heartland. They've never fucking lived there. You have no idea what it's like, man. Um, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of racism, but it's not like everyone's just a rabid fucking racist there. And they're just fucking economically and, and spiritually desperate because there's nothing there. Except for one time when I was 12. I was in the truck with my dad and we were driving back to the house after eating some burgers at the boomerang downtown, some burger joint. Uh, we, we got some burgers, had lunch and we're driving back and we get to the driveway, kind of a long driveway because we live out in the country. Well, they lived out in the country and uh, at the edge of the driveway, we pulled in and stopped and there were two dogs, uh, two mutts. And they were facing opposite directions, but their butts were pushed together. And they 
looked kind of stressed out. And one was yelping a lot. And I said, Daddy, Daddy, what's the dogs doing? And my dad said, James, those dogs are hung up. (laughs) I said, what do you mean? He said, well, they were fucking. And the male, the guy's penis, stuck in the female. And it's now they're hung up. And I said, but that's disgusting. That happens? And he said, oh, yeah, dogs get hung up. I got hung up once. Not like this, though. But, Dad, the dogs are facing opposite directions. And I swear to God, this is a true story. They were facing totally opposite directions. And the dick was, like, going back, you know, through, like, like in the direction of the tail. And it was stuck. And the female kept trying to walk away, and the male would just, like, yelp. (laughs) And finally, its lipstick flopped out, and there was, like, liquid that came off. And that fucker ran away. And the female, uh, she hung out for a second and then wandered off. And uh, and my dad was like, that's, that's nature, son. That's going to happen to you one day. Yeah. Yeah. Dogs get hung up. He said Vernon's second largest occupation was watching hound dogs mating in the town square, and its largest was self-mutilation for monetary gain. Quote, To sit in your car on a sweltering summer evening on the main street of Nub City, he wrote in a report, watching anywhere from eight to a dozen cripples walking along the streets gives the place a ghoulish, eerie atmosphere. End quote. By the mid-1960s, 50 of the town's 700 residents were members of the Nub Club. <laughs> Murray Armstrong, an insurance official for Liberty National. Again, these insurance companies. Insurance companies have the worst fucking names. Ugh. They should be nationalized anyway. Liberty National tried Liberty Nationalized. You got a better deal. Plus that money actually comes back to you. Anyway, uh, Murray Armstrong, an insurance official for Liberty National who investigated the claims coming from the Florida panhandle at the time, recalled, quote, There was a man who took out insurance with 28 or 38 companies, end quote. However, it was near impossible to convict scammers of fraud because jurors had a hard time believing that people would willingly amputate their own limbs and appendages. One farmer walked away with nearly, holy shit, $1 million from a claim for a lost foot, which evidence points to self-amputation. This practice finally ended in the late 1960s when premium rates became too high. Too high. These premium rates are too damn high. And insurance uh, insurers stopped doing business in the panhandle. However, among the older residents of the town, many of whom are missing limbs, hands, or eyes, one can still see why Vernon is truly Nub City.
In the 1980s, documentary filmmaker Errol Morris attempted to shoot a documentary about the town, but after he received death threats and was beaten up by a Marine veteran son of a Nub Club member, he returned he, he turned his movie into a slice of life documentary about the eccentric residents of the town entitled in a film called Vernon, Florida. I I haven't seen it. I didn't even know this documentary existed until uh just like when I read about it earlier, just before recording this podcast, which goes to show you, unless I'm covering Nazi occultism. Uh, I go really deep into my uh, research and preparation for the show. Uh, Everything you've heard today is completely scripted. I planned every movement, every inflection, every emotion and word. This was all scripted ahead of time. And I would like to thank the writer, myself, for coming up with it on the fly. And uh, I'm going to take another quick break. I'll be right back catch you in like one second okay let's round out this episode shall we so i found some more articles about nub city florida just now and i did a little cursory scan over them um and some of these are quotes from people involved in this And uh, I just want to read through these quotes and see, hopefully, if they fit with the rest of this story, uh, will fit with the tone. Also, I I want to go back and reiterate. So this guy, what, Errol, I almost said Errol Flynn, Errol Morris, he received death threats and was beaten up by the Marine veteran son of a Nub Club veteran. So this dude came here to cover the Nub Club story and they threatened to fucking kill him and all this shit. I'm just saying if it's real or not, honestly, I I think it's real. Why not? Weirder shit has happened. Um, If you're threatening someone's life, I feel like maybe is that really trying to protect your honor or are you trying to get someone to not blow up your spot? Anyway, so here's some quotes from some people involved. This one is on vaviper.blogspot.com. Let's see here. Here's a quote. Some of the claims were looked into by insurance investigator, a guy we talked about earlier, Joe Healy. He says, one of the clues to a phony injury, Healy notes, is that people usually take off the thing they need least, like their left hand rather than their right one. If they have a sit-down job, they'll take off a leg or a foot, not an arm. More often than not, too, maiming oneself for insurance money is a white-collar practice, Healy says, remarking that a few years back he found an owner of a car dealership who put out his eye for $400,000 to buy a ranch. Okay, so it's not like... So is this implying that a majority... uh, I'm speculating here, but were the majority of the Nub Club members like middle class? Were they not like dirt poor? 
That's interesting. Blue collar workers, uh, going back to the quote here, blue collar workers generally need their limbs and eyes to do their work, he explains. Self-injury, in fact, is a fairly common insurance fraud act. There are even informal, quote, rings of people usually limited to one locale or a close-knit family or ethnic group who inflict self-injuries. What's with the ethnic group part? Uh, Is that some, like, dog whistle thing or is that a real thing? I don't know. I hope it's not a dog whistle. Another clue to a, a phony claim, says Healy, is when several accidental injuries occur in the same place in a short period of time. Uh, Usually uh, ever-increasing amounts of insurance are involved. One guy gets away with it and he collects, Healy says. Then he tells a friend about it and he goes and does the same thing, but takes out a bigger policy and on. Let's see here. Over... The time period in question, a total of 50 people, give or take, lost a limb of some sort, Uh, many, if not all, filing insurance claims thereafter. While the insurers attempted to bring lawsuits against some of these people, not one was convicted of insurance fraud. One alleged transgressor was particularly egregious, but... As the Times noted, uh, I think she's referring to the Tampa Bay Times, he avoided conviction and walked away a one-footed millionaire. Quote, there was another man, this is kind of like one of the other quotes I read earlier, there was another man who took out insurance with 28 or 38 companies, said Murray Armstrong, an insurance official for Liberty National. He was a farmer and ordinarily drove around the farm in his stick shift pickup. This day, the day of the accident, he drove his wife's automatic transmission car and he lost his left foot. If he'd been driving his pickup, he'd have to use that foot for the clutch. He also had a tourniquet in his pocket. We asked why he had it and he said, snakes, in case of snake bite. I'm absolutely terrified of snakes, but I do not carry around a tourniquet uh, in case of snake bite. I just, man, I run fast. I'm like Usain Bolt. If there's a snake around that's not like in a in a cage or something, hopefully not a cage, but like a glass box or whatever, I will run. I am deathly afraid of snakes. I've tried... Like, I can't even touch one. I've tried in a very, you know, controlled domestic area. And I just can't do it, man. My body freezes up. Well, we asked why he had the tourniquet, snakes, in case of snake bite. He'd taken out so much insurance, he was paying premiums that cost more than his income. He wasn't poor either, middle class. He collected more than $1 million from all the companies. It was hard to make a jury believe a man would shoot off his foot. 
Also, per the Tampa Bay Times, L.W. Birdshaw, an insurance agent in Chipley, told the St. Peter Petersburg Times in 1982 that a list of policyholders including the following, a man who sawed off his left hand at work, a man who shot off his foot while protecting chickens, <laughs> a man... <laughs> Look out, a foot! <laughs> a man who lost his hand while trying to shoot a hawk. Look out, a hand! A man who somehow lost two limbs and ac- uh, in an accidental... Wait, blah, blah, blah. a man who somehow lost two limbs in an accident involving a rifle and a tractor. A man who bought a policy and then, less than 12 hours later, shot off his foot while aiming at a squirrel. And then the whole uh, Errol Flynn, oh, I mean Errol Morris thing. Uh, so here's, here's the thing. I have some ideas. Uh, you know, I got some, a few ideas about these people are taking out these claims to get some money. Do they need the money? Do they not? I don't know all the stories. I don't know all the stories. I haven't done all that research. But I'm just saying, if you need to take out money, like say if you got some like medical bills to pay off and all this stuff, if we had say something like uh, universal health care, I feel like that wouldn't be an issue. If we had a lot of other just basic social safety nets, none of this shit would be an issue maybe create more jobs, maybe uh, make the country less boring. Because as a person who lived in a very small rural town for a long time, I can tell you, you get so fucking bored, you might lose a limb just out of boredom. Just saying. I mean, I I don't personally know anyone who's delimbed themselves, but uh, I could see it happening. There are depths to boredom some people don't know and some people live in. Um, Somewhat unrelated. When I I moved here to Austin, Texas, um, October 28th, I think, of 2012. And uh, I I stayed at a hostel for two weeks uh, before I uh, very fortunately befriended um, a, a Kiwi who was also staying at the hostel. We befriended uh, and she was looking for a roommate. She actually had an apartment lined up and they had an extra room and we're looking for a roommate. So I took the room and uh, that was such a shitty living experience that I'm not going to get into right now. But I was here and I was driving around, going to the grocery store, looking for jobs, that kind of stuff, just driving all around town. And everywhere I went, I saw people with missing legs, people in wheelchairs or crutches or whatever, missing a leg. I had never in my life seen so many deambulated, is that the right word? Ambulatory, able to walk, uh, limbless people, so many missing limbs. And I had no idea why. Was there some kind of limb conspiracy? Were there limb pirates? Were people pillaging limbs? 
raiding someone's limb, taking off their leg. And then it wasn't until, I don't know, a year or two later that I learned, um, if you have really bad diabetes, or if you're the Wilford Brimley, you pronounce it diabetes, uh, you can lose a limb. So uh, the moral of the story is, please subscribe to this show. Uh, it, it's a big help to me, and I would love to grow the show. That's my... All right, I'm going to be honest with you here. I really would like to grow the show, and I'm trying to figure out, how can I do that? How can I spread the audience? How can I make the show better? Um, so if you have any ideas on stuff like stories to cover, um, also, if you're in need of advice, I love giving advice. I mean, I may not be a professional at every subject <laughs> or most subjects, but uh, I, I love answering uh, audience questions and hearing from you. So please, you can contact me, send me an email at thatthingwithjames at gmail.com. Uh, and also, yeah, I'm really trying to grow this thing. I, I would very much like for this show to be my day job somehow trying to figure it out. But if you have ideas, hit me up. You can also send me a DM. Uh, I I'll probably respond. Um, you can DM me on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me. My handle is at James J Asher. And, uh, let's see what else. Oh yeah. The J is just the letter J James J Asher. Also, uh, what also would be a big help if you are able to, I understand times are fucking rough right now. Um, and I know, but if you are able to, um, please, you're welcome to become a donor. That would be a huge support for me and keeping the show running and making it more gooder. Um, you can become a monthly donor at patreon.com slash that thing with James. And I've already got a few donors who've been around for a while and I love the shit out of you guys. And to the bottom of my heart, I thank you for your support. And for all my current subscribers, thank you for, you know, tuning in. I have a lot of fun doing this. And uh, I hope you have fun consuming it. Uh, let's see, what else? Am I missing anything else? No, I think that's it. Yeah. Well, thanks for tuning in. Uh, I'll catch you at the next episode. Love you. Bye. <laughs>